Hello, and welcome to episode four of Fiduciary Fitness. I'm your host, Tom Leveroni, retirement plan specialist at WFG. In today's episode, we're going to answer the question, what are behavioral gaps? But first, a quick word from the good folks at Compliance. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Global Retirement Partners LLC, a registered investment advisor. Global Retirement Partners, LPL Financial and Washington Financial Group are separate non-affiliated entities. And now, on to the show. Today, I am joined with by, or joined by Joe DeNoyer, CEO of WFG. Hello, Tom. Good day, Joe. And I'm also joined by Colin Clark, Retirement Plan Specialist at WFG. Hey, Tom. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining us today. So, today's question, really, when helping employees save for retirement, what are some of the behavioral gaps you'll see by HR? Well, Tom, before we talk about behavior gaps, we have to kind of discuss where, you know, what what the behavior are we talking about, right? So there's a concept out there. It's become very popular. In fact, the Nobel Peace Prize or the Nobel Prize for Economics was given uh, to uh, Richard Thaler for his work in behavioral finance. And so behavior gaps come from this concept from behavioral finance. And you have to ask the question, well, what is behavioral finance? And so behavioral finance is essentially the intersection of psychology and finance. It's really how people make financial decisions and when you ask the question you know about behavior gaps it's those types of behaviors in in relation to uh making those financial decisions yeah so we define the behavioral gaps there's basically three when it comes to saving for retirement that we're trying to help employers overcome so they can give their employees a you know a better path to retirement if you will or retirement readiness that we talked about last time but really it's one is people are not participating in the plan. They're not getting in. That's one behavioral gap. And I don't blame them. Many times we make it pretty difficult for them to join a retirement plan when we give them a bunch of forms and say, here, good luck. Tell us what you want to save in retirement sure. and ask questions that people are like, what Especially you? for younger kids, right, or younger yeah. employees, first-time uh, people working. I, yeah, I want to do it on my thumb, just a quick <laughs> point-click slide, whatever you call it. I don't want to have to fill out a bunch of forms. So people are not participating in the plan. And then for folks that are in the plan, they're not saving enough. So we give them access to a retirement plan, we get them in, but they're just not saving at the level they need to to replace their paycheck. And that's the second behavioral gap. And the third is they're not investing wisely or poor investment decisions. And again, you can't blame folks. It's like, hey, welcome to our new, you know, your new employer. Welcome. We're glad to have you. Oh, here's a bunch of forms to fill out. Oh, good luck picking them all out. You have to tell us a percentage, which most people don't even really want to calculate. And then from that, you have to pick from a menu of investments that you know, you're just trying to find what the PTO policy is and the key to the bathroom, never mind, fill out 40 pages of investment stuff. Right. Um, do, do, you, do we know, are there certain goals, specific goals? Someone like, uh, how much should, should someone save? Well, yeah, so we, we've uh, essentially what we call 90-10-90. 90-10-90. Yeah, we believe 90% of employees should be in an employer-sponsored retirement plan. So they not going to get be, everyone in. Should, so 90% of the American population should be participating in a 401k plan or some type of retirement plan. Absolutely. Well, and, and to bring it down to the employer level, we think every employer should strive to have 90% or so of their employees in their retirement plan. Participating in the yeah. plan. Okay. At a 10% deferral 
rate. All right. So when Joe was talking about how much someone should save, they, they should, the goal would be to save 10% of their own money into the plan. That's right. And I get asked, asked the question, well, does my employer, you know, contribution count? And I say no. Yeah, like the matching contribution. A lot yeah, of plans. I matches. say that's icing on the cake because not every employer offers an employer contribution. So we want people to become good savers on their own, and so we want them deferring at ten percent. So ten percent of my own money plus any match that I receive from the company would be icing on the cake. That's okay. that's the way I view it. Okay. And yeah, it's, it's a you know it's working towards that goal. You're not going to jump sure. everybody right to ten percent. Yeah. But my daughter's twenty two. She's getting out of college. You know it's going to be hard for her to be saving ten percent right off the bat. So you kind of yeah, she's living in an apartment with like twelve people. Yeah. You know <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's a little difficult at that point. Right, then. Right. But but overall, if you can as an employer design a communicated plan that gets folks to realize that they're it's very important that they save on their own and get to this ten percent at some point. Uh, again, we are trying to, when we talk about behavioral gaps, we're trying to close this gap to have people become better savers. That's okay. what it boils down to. And the last part of 901090 is is 90% of folks should be in the default investment, the one that the Retirement Plan Committee has chosen to be the investment if you don't make a decision yourself. And 9 out of 10 Americans don't feel comfortable uh, making their own investment decisions. So we can set up a default investment, one that's appropriate for their age and or their risk to help them make that decision for them if they choose not to. And what, what would that default be typically? Well, it, nowadays we're seeing that default is what we call a target date fund. And really the date that's associated with that fund is the date that you're turning 65, the, the, that magical retirement date that the IRS has set for us. And, and then also we're starting to see, you know, target date fund is the easy one-stop shop, if you will, and you're starting to see more and more plans use managed accounts that are a little bit more age-based with some risk factors in it, but there's many things. I mean, it boils down to we have these three behavioral gaps, and how do we close them, right? That's how do we close these behavioral gaps? Right. And this is an opportunity for organizations that have a retirement plan to become you know, a choice architect. That's a little buzzword we use, but it's applying behavioral finance with plan design to get you there. So what are you trying to, we, we know the three gaps. People aren't in the plan. Well, how do you save, how do you close that gap? And auto-enroll has been the most valuable tool there. So you're automatically defaulting people into the plan and they have to opt out. By far, that's made over the last five years or seven years, the, the largest amount of, um, progress has been made there of closing that one behavioral gap and not getting folks in. Auto-enrollment. Auto-enrollment. And then number two, people aren't saving enough. Well, we get them in, how do you get them to save more? Auto-escalate. So you put me in at some amount and then each year it increases and the results are staggering. Most people, it, it, depending on what stat you read, between the 85 to 90% of the folks that are auto-enrolled stay in the plan and about those same stats just let the auto-escalate. So you just increase their savings rates at every so often like once a year. They just let it happen because they realize how important it is. Well, well and believe it or not, it, it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter if you auto-enroll at three or six. So we believe in auto-enrolling at six before we start What do you mean it doesn't seven. matter? You mean statistically? Statistically, people don't change their behavior because we've put them in at six. Can I back up a little further? Because I know some people out there listening are going to say, wait a second, you're going to auto-enroll these people automatically. They're going to go right into the plan. And I know there's going to be some HR people out there who are going to say, hey, uh, that, you know, I don't well, want to force yeah. my people yeah, to save for retirement. Big, big yeah. brother, no, big, right. I welcome aboard to our company, and this is the way it works. Yeah, yeah. so we, let, me address that. let me address that head on. It, it's really simple. I'll kind of answer it with a question. When we look at what participation rate is in, in most folks' retirement plans now, let's say it's 75 to 80%. By not doing auto-enroll, we're making it difficult for 85% of the people to get in to – 
appease 15% of people that don't want it. Because they got to fill out the paperwork. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. We're putting this huge hurdle for folks to get in when they all know they need to save and most want to save. And we're just we're, we're adding steps in the process that are very difficult for folks to actually do it. So, you know, many folks that we've talked to said, oh, I don't know, we've, we don't want to do auto enroll. And then we say, just try it. And after the, the first six months, are like, why didn't we do this years right. ago? Um, so my advice would be to those folks, hey, talk to other companies, peers that have done auto enroll and get their response. That's a great idea. At our fiduciary training series, we, we have a hey, show of hands. A show of hands of uh, who's doing auto enroll, and there's usually about 25 to 40 percent of the room that says we've done it. And then we say, "What's your feedback?" And they'll say, "We wish we did it sooner. It's great." Yeah. So I think that's pretty important. So you got auto enroll gets them in, auto escalate gets them saving more, and then Colin talked about is auto default put them in an, in a one-stop shop investment like we talked about target dates. But there's many different options, um, and that addresses these three behavioral gaps. And I think it's really important to to understand. As somebody who has a retirement plan, it's really good to say, hey, we, we identified these behavioral gaps. How do we close them? And the tools are all out there and becoming very popular within the, the 401k and 403b world to close them. All right. 90 That's right. All right. Thank you, guys. If you have any questions that you would like to address in a future episode, shoot us an email at info at washfinancial.com. Thanks for listening to Washington Financial Group's Fiduciary Fitness Podcast. Connect with us at washfinancial.com. If you enjoy our show, we'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you are to access your podcasts. Until next time.